Welcome back to Operator Syndrome. We're talking to Jose here, and we're going to get into our deployment to Mosul. Mm -hmm. um, where to start? Um, we'd been to, our first deployment was to Iraq, mm -hmm. Al-Assad, and, you know, we were mostly sitting on the bench, yep. uh, some more than others. And uh, we got in, but didn't weren't working the whole time. And then this was our first time back to Iraq, right? Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts leading into that one? You remember? Let me see. Um, well, I was excited. I was uh, new to a leadership position mm -hmm. as a uh, Gustav, a Carl Gustav team leader in a weapon squad team, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, I was excited mainly because, well, you know, I get a chance to, I get a chance to show off my, or at least practice my my leadership skills that I I've learned so well in Ranger School. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, it's how it happens. So, I'm part of the I'm part of the the elite. You're a made man. I'm a made man, dude. And uh, so, you know, I was, I was excited about that mainly. You know, whatever happens in Mosul, I'd say it's gonna happen. Let's do it. But at least I have a tap now. There so. you go. So you go anywhere as long as you got the tap. Yes. Crushing mm -hmm. new guys wherever they yep. go and instilling fear. <laughs> um, that it doesn't seem that's not quite your personality. Although there are some people who that is their personality. That yeah. I mean, that is a hundred percent a real thing. And yes. God bless them because that's what that's what inspires the the fear. Uh, amongst new people dissuades the weak hearted from joining the Rangers, knowing mm -hmm. that those people exist. I don't think that was quite your style, though. No. Um, I was more—I was more of a friend. You were a—you were a private coddler. You would Definitely. coddle. You loved them. You'd—you'd—I <laughs> did. You'd hug them. You'd tell them how smart they were. That was you. <laughs> yes. So okay, so we go to Mosul. Mm -hmm. Um. And we're going to do the striker thing. So we're going to yes. be operating the strikers and, and, and Mosul and the strikers, the way we were working it um, was that the weapon squad dudes would be um, when we did, when we did the, the gaffs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Ground, ground assault force. So when we'd roll out in vehicles, the weapon squad guys would man the vehicles and mm -hmm. then the line squad dudes would, would do what they do. Were you, did you have any feelings about that? Were you feeling like, you you were cool with man in the vehicles. Did you feel like you 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 didn't want to be hanging back with with the strikers? You didn't want to be dealing with you know the maintenance and all that type of mm -hmm. stuff. Did you feel any kind of way about that? Um, because you came from you weren't a weapon squad private. You came you were a line guy. Yes. So how'd you feel about that? Well, you uh, when it came to the part where we have to sit on the strikers while. The main force does the uh, or the rest of the squads does either the clearing and, and stuff and stuff like that. I wanted that because I wanted to be my main goal was be a team leader and kick the doors in mm -hmm. like you know, like when I was a private. I see my team leader do it, uh, but at the same time, I knew that this is a new experience. It's a leadership experience. You know, I watched you. You were a team leader at the time, and the rest of the team leaders. And I'm like, man, how would they do it? That's how I have to do it. And I will watch you guys work and. And um, 
I, I didn't mind sitting back and, and, and watching the rest of the guys do their thing and, and learning as much as I could from them while at the same time, you know, learning my job uh, as a, as a, as a brand new, even though it was, you know, a gun, a Carl Gustav team leader, it's still that, that little name on it for me, you know, which is huge coming from my background that you give me the opportunity to lead one dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. And, and I, I took it to, uh, I took it to heart and I was like, man, I'm going to do my best to learn how to take the barbed wire out of these tires after every mission, uh, making sure they're good to go, uh, ready to go on, on target whenever we need to go. And, uh, I, I know I, I took it very seriously and very, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted to do my best. I mean, I, I was, after I, I got back from school, I was a gun team leader. Um, and, uh, and I felt the same way. I was like, I felt like this is a big deal, dude. Like the yeah. Rangers are letting me be a gun team leader. Exactly. Like I, I felt like it was a big deal and I was honored to be able to do that. And I had a lot of fun as a gun team leader and we both had the same weapon squad leader. And I think yes. he he had a big part to do in that weapon squad being so fun and um, being yeah. wired tight too. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. Yep. No, he he was a he, he's one of those guys that to me was more like man, I wanna I wanna impress this guy. You know, I'm like he's uh-huh. he's what I see, what I think about when you think about like a ranger. Yes. That's, to me, that that was like okay, this is a guy I want to. This is a guy I want to do everything I can to to make happy. Like like I wanted to get patted on the head. You know what I mean? Type situation, type <laughs> type, uh, type type of thing. But uh, but he made it fun to be there, man. He was very good at teaching us. And any questions we had, you know, it 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 made it fun to go to work, and it made you want to go to work and want to succeed for this dude, right? Which makes it makes it a good thing for everybody else because it's a you know, the dangerous job. Right. I agree. It goes back to like, what is the leadership? Is the leadership leading the charge from the front, which he did and many others in his spot did and were required to do. But it's really, it's the other, it's the in, inspiring piece, right? It's the motivating piece. That's, yep. the, that's leadership. Like, you know, they make the movies about, you know, charging the machine gun nest, but like the day-to-day motivating and inspiring and and getting people to do things. It's not fun doing maintenance on a striker, but to, to have a guy that can that can get you motivated to get that done and do a good job and explain it to you in a way that that makes sense to you and you can mm-hmm. get behind. And then you as a leader as well can inspire your guys to do that. That's a big deal. So like in Mosul, we were just constantly, constantly <laughs> running these raids, these mm-hmm. gaps. So why don't you explain from your perspective, maybe not, maybe not a specific mission, although if you have one in mind, you maybe you could use that. But why don't mm-hmm. you like tell the folks, describe like a typical day as like a gun team leader running a striker in Mosul back in that time. This was like 2008. What, mm-hmm. what did that, what did your day look like doing that? Well, um, first off, we have to go out there and uh, PM or the strikers, which uh, PM means, uh, so it was a preventative maintenance that sounds on, right. on the on the strikers, which meant all the way from uh, checking the tires, checking under the vehicle, making sure there was a lot of the time we had barbed wire, if you remember that, because people run mm-hmm. through a lot of stuff. 
anything that could affect the striker later on that mission. Uh, we would check for that all the way to uh, checking the oil, checking uh, belts, uh, like almost like a regular vehicle because it is a vehicle at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just cleaning the inside because sometimes you have stuff in there. Um, either from a range, we would have rounds inside or for anything that might happen. Um, checking the cages. I particularly had a, my striker was the med striker, the, mm. the med vehicle. So inside my striker would fit a uh, any kind of casualty or anything like that. So mine was a little bit wider due to the fact that it had a, it had to, uh, uh, you know, be able to getting medics and, and, and a casualty. Plus, if you remember, these strikers have a cage around them that protects them from, you know, RPGs right. or small uh, type of rocket attacks. Right. So you have to make sure everything was good to go. Now, once you did that, that was part of your daily routine. Uh, each each uh, weapons team leader would go do that. You know what I mean? There was a couple of us in there. And then just report back to our squad leader, go, hey, man, it's good to go. You know, and he would say, yeah, you know, we're good to go. So he would pass it on to platoon sergeant or whomever. So we were good to go. And then, um, you know, we would wait for a mission, which we had a mission every day, if you remember right. that, up to a couple of missions a day. And that's another new thing that I that I got to do. I got to sit into sit in the in the in the, in the briefings. You know, I was like, wow, you know, they actually think that or oh, they think highly of me to sit me here, even though I knew nothing I knew what they were talking about, but but you know, I got to sit there, and little by little, I learned, and I I knew what they were what they were saying and what we were about to do. Um, what else? Oh, routes. We would plan routes. If you remember that, mm-hmm. um, we were in charge of that, or or my squad leader was at the time, planning all the routes, which was another cool thing. He actually showed, at least showed me how to do it, and eventually I would plan some of the routes for the missions. Uh, at towards that the towards the end of the deployment, which was pretty good, man, pretty cool. Um, plan the routes and uh, what would you know? What would what are some considerations that would go into to planning the route? Like what what type of thing? So obviously you need to get to the place, and you, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you take a route that that is going to be successful. I guess like you know, like a bridge isn't down or or something's mm-hmm. in the way. What were, what were kind of some other things that you'd have to think through as you were planning that? One of the things was the most important part was creating checkpoints. Um, where are we traveling to? And if there's any, um, away from open fields is one thing, but also you have, you know, it's an urban environment in Iraq. Mm-hmm. So you have buildings, you do have bridges. And uh, those are some of the things that we had to look for because prior to us going there, you would have had, well, they've had attacks where people would stand on the bridge, you know what I mean, undetected, and as the strikers go through, you know, they would drop a grenade or something like that. So you had those dangers. So, you know, we had to know how much gas we got as well. You don't want, you know, you, you don't want to plan a uh, infill route and it's uh, too long or whatever. Um, we have checkpoints with the Iraqi army at the time as well. You know what I mean, they need to know, we need to know who's there, mm-hmm. uh, how close are we when, we when we when we stop on those checkpoints or we check ourselves on those checkpoints. Um, and then on the exfil routes, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Uh, is, it the, is it the fastest way to come back the same way or, or do we take a different route? Um, 
we had a system. I don't remember the name of the system that would allow us to see the routes as we drove. Uh, but I do remember it wasn't as updated as we would have liked it to be because mm -hmm. there were places where the system would say, hey, there's houses or buildings here. But as we drove by, there was nothing there. Mm. Or would say there's nothing there, but we drove drive by and you know it's you know, so you have to kind of have a uh, a second. You have to plan. If I remember correctly, you would plan a second route mm. just in case. And it was and we would send that to everybody. If you remember that, and every, every vehicle would have it, and every every team leader would have it as well. That makes sense. I mean, mostly I would just hang out of the hatch and just mm. uh, you know daydream about. <laughs> daydream about about the mission or just like taking the site to be 100 percent on it most of the time i was like sightseeing mosul like well <laughs> i had no i i would have no clue where we were in the city where we were along the route i honestly wouldn't and part of that's part of that's my complacency i'll, I'll own that but also like my trust in you all like you all yes. knew what you were doing like you all had it down um uh, we're in we're in big strikers. I felt like there was technology, so you know I could like look around. You know what I'm saying? Technology, <laughs> Te technology, um, and then also you know I had to be in the headspace to you know to to go do whatever we were going to do, climb, breach, do whatever. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I trusted you all to handle. You got you got to delegate. You can't do everything. You can't worry about everything. Yeah. But I I gotta imagine like until this very moment, I never thought about it. I gotta imagine. I guess there probably weren't street signs. Like it's not like navigating around like your your hometown, right? It's like yeah. so that's gotta add that's gotta add a lot of difficulty too. Like you don't have street signs. If they're there, maybe you don't read the language, maybe you don't trust that it's actually saying what it's supposed to say. Um, and then you're trying to and I think you undersell it a little bit. Mosul was extremely urban. It was like yeah. it, it it was it was in in some places it was a lot more dense than um in most american cities i think like some parts of it was more like obviously it's an it's an ancient culture um mm -hmm. so like some european style cities really packed in tight really small roads so navigating that was not like as simple as you know like turning on google maps for sure you're right and remember we're rolling i think six strikers deep or something like that yeah something like that wasn't was it wasn't there a T seven didn't it go to was it not nah, couldn't have been seven but yeah something like six something like that yeah it was it was a lot of strikers and uh, navigating that you know put the the squad the the weapon squad leader in, in into play here where he's got to be able to manage every single one of these strikers he needs to tell them when to go when to stop at the end of the day he, you know he was a I don't want to say he was above the platoon sergeant but he made the call if he mm -hmm. said hey man. I don't want us going down the road, then we just don't go down the road, no matter mm -hmm. what anybody said, because he he knows why. You know, what I mean, he's 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 the one in charge of making sure these strikers don't get stuck or we run into a, you know a, a bad situation. So you have to be very uh, as best you could precise, you know, mm -hmm. on where we're going and why we're going that route. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're right, a lot of those places, you know, it's a lot more urban than. Maybe I'm making it seem to be because you would you would have to. I remember a couple of times where it sounds bad, but especially at night, if if my computer system that showed me the road and that and that's how we got along by the way, 
So we would have to look, as we were driving, I'm looking at the system and I can see the roads. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, and I, if I remember correctly, we had labeled the roads on that system or the system itself had labeled them. So we're going off of the uh, the system and I would just communicate with the driver who's, who's mind you, at this point, he's inside a cabin with no windows. He's just, he's seeing an ISR uh, image of what's in front of him. Not, not ISR, I'm sorry, a night vision image right. of what's in front of him. So, uh, you know, he's going after everything I say, hey man, at this next street, you make a right or right. make a left or whatever. And so he's just following my command. I got to make sure that if, if the route calls for that street for us to make a ride on the street, for somebody built a house or there's something blocking it, well, I have to stop the, the convoy or the, or the squad leader does at this point. And he goes, hold on, you know, stop. Everybody stops. And then he sees the route, reassesses which way to go. And, and, and he makes a call on the spot. You know what I mean, those are the kind of things, but, you have again. You have to be careful because you don't know who's around the corner or, or what might be laying there, or why is that route blocked now? Maybe they're redirecting us on purpose. Maybe they want us to go down this other road. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you have that on your hands as well at, at, as a squad leader. I think for him, you know, making those calls. Are there any? Sometimes when I think about Mosul, I I remember coming in and out of the fob. You know, I can't remember what I think it had. Didn't it have like a, a name? It was like Dog Leg Road or something like that. Yeah. Does yeah, that make any sense? It was yeah. Bob Merez, but and like I can vividly remember because it was like the same every time, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like you get jerked around as you're driving. I'm hanging out of the hatch and I'm looking, and it's relatively safe. So like my my guard's down, but I can I can like vividly recall like the sound and the smell of the strikers as they're kind of like going through that dog leg right there but do uh, you know for you as you're as you're driving are there parts of that city that um you can remember pretty pretty I remember, I remember the uh right before we got out to the main city mm-hmm. leaving that farm if you remember correctly we would have to snake in and out right through all these uh, uh cement barriers they had yes and um you're doing that final radio check with all the strikers, you know, you know, striker one, striker two, whatever the call sign was for the, for the, uh, for the strikers. And he would check and um, it was game on. You could joke and everything, but as soon as you got out that gate, I remember um, that you, somebody had said that maybe previous to point, people that were deployed there said that as soon as you get out, rounds come flying. So you got to be ready. So, you know, thankfully, never never happened, you know, with us there. But uh, I remember game face, you know what I mean? This is because now in my head, they're looking at me as a leader. I'm pretty sure nobody was looking at me like that. But in my head, that's that that that, that that's the way I want. You know, I, I thought they were looking at me. So no, no messing around or joking around. Get to uh, you know, a serious game time. So that, that's what I remember the most. The moment we, we were leaving that fob, that the dogleg road was the last road we turned right on. Mm, and it went straight okay. into the uh the security uh security area they were you know, and then we make like a slight left into the barriers and then we okay. start then we weave out into the main city. And that's okay. right. Um so so you all get us there, we unload, 
we do the job. You all are you all are positioning the strikers at at advantageous points to mm-hmm. to help isolate um, isolate the target, but then also you know prevent anyone from coming up on us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you got a couple stories related to 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 the. Is there is there anything you wanna? Is there are there any stories about you know those type of situations that you're interested in sharing uh, in the next sure. couple minutes? We got. I I have one. Um, again, one of the biggest things for anybody on the strikers were before before we got there that we got briefed on was that we have to be ready for anybody because remember urban environment power buildings. Some people would set up on the buildings on top and drop grenades on uh, on strikers uh, which is very easily done in that that, that type of environment and uh so i was like that first mission i was man, so nervous i was like because i'm literally sitting out half my body sitting out this striker i got the i got the driver watching one side and i'm watching this other side but i'm also watching out to the sides right and uh so i remember the Whoever the assault team was goes in, they throw a couple bangers in there, you know, they they do their job. So now we're loud. So I they know we're here. Uh, plus I'm sure they saw us coming. Um, if if that is the case, we're rolling like six strikers deep. So um, so I'm you know, I'm alert, I'm looking left and right, I'm waiting, and I'm I look up, nothing there, and then within like I said, like five minutes. I, I'm looking around. I I hear this metal thing just hit my striker, and I look, and it's it's in my eyes, it's a freaking grenade, right? And I kind of, and I swear, it sounds like I'm making this up, but I I was I was thinking about the kid. I was like, if if this if this thing blows up, you know what I mean? And somehow a blast goes inside. So I kind of just kind of brace. For the for the impact of it you know what i mean and i i held tight and then i look at it it's just a banger bot so we the banger they used inside that that um the assault breach uh the the at the time it was a sergeant major i think it was sergeant major yeah it was sergeant major he had picked it up and he goes here ranger make sure we place this up <laughs> he was just picking up the trash because he's so cool, you know, he wants to leave things better than how he found <laughs> And he goes, make sure we pick these up, Ranger. I'm like, Roger, Sergeant Major. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I shit myself. Sorry about that. But um, I was like, man, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was a freaking grenade, but it was, and it was, you know, obviously. And, um, but I, it, it, it lets you know how, 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 at least for me, how on the, on the, you know, how not nervous, well, maybe a little bit, but like you tense, know. you know, tense, uh, tense, you, you know, wound up, yeah, yeah. But I was like, man, this, this, uh, this, that was scary, but then nothing happened. We had a fellow guy, another guy, one of the other uh, gun, uh, gun team leaders there who actually had a flare body, mm-hmm. one of the helicopters that, 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 that flew by and shot some flares at, at, at some people. The, the body of the flare somehow landed inside the uh, the striker, and uh, you know, it's a different story there. But but just to let you know, you know that that kind of stuff can happen, and uh, 
And but yeah, that 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 particular moment was pretty uh pretty funny. At least now it seems like that is hilarious. And yeah. uh I, I could see how you could be I could see how that could be a concern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um we'll wrap it up here, but um so okay, we talked about getting there, the actions on the objective. So when we come back, we can pick it back up. Uh we could see if there are any any anything else from that deployment that you remember? What it was like for you in general, uh, being out there, and uh, and I'm also interested to know because you know later on, much later on. Although I think you were still in, um, you never went back to Mosul, right? After that, not to Mosul, but we did go back to Iraq, uh, Camp War Horse. I don't know exactly where that was, but okay. in Iraq, but it was uh... so and and Mosul would end up eventually just being like completely obliterated by um isis and the and the fight to take mosul back from isis and uh you know i got i have i have complex feelings about that because it's messed up to see pictures of mosul you know we fought really hard that summer to try to do some good and then you look at pictures and the place is just like oh yeah you know it's like a bomb literally bombs went off there but but it it, it looks it looks unbelievable and you're like okay well we what was all that for but we'll get into that but uh we'll do that in the next one so uh right. thank you thank you, you for too. listening and we'll catch you all next time bye yeah.